Good morning. Uh, Laurel told me not to walk off camera, and it's the first thing I did. So, there you go. Well, they put this nice block here, so this is going to be in the way. When I want to go this way, I'm going to be like, oh. but it'll be good. I can manage. I'm good at dodging obstacles, I think. We'll find out. <laughs> uh, when the whole stage catches on fire, make sure somebody's got a fire extinguisher. All right. How's everyone's Thanksgiving? Awesome. Mine was awesome, too. Really, really great time with family. If you know my family and extended family, you know we're really colorful people um, with a lot of personality, a lot of feelings, a lot of different perspectives on life, a lot of different perspectives on politics and all the fun things that we've all been very excited about this last year. And as I was reflecting on Thanksgiving uh, this year, I just thought how cool it is that we can bring a group of us together, so diverse, um, and that the experience of that gathering was purely joy and love, and it was wonderful. Um, and that's come over a lot of time. You know, it wasn't necessarily the way it would have been by default maybe 10 years ago even. But now that's the way it is, and I think a big piece of that is because when we look at each other, there's, there's a trust and there's, there's love, we know, and we know that that is the priority. And even though myself or my father or someone else might say something really ridiculous, um, we can look beyond the ridiculous and love instead. And so I was just very thankful that that's where we are today in our family. And, uh, and I think that's where we are today in our church family. We have a lot of different thoughts and opinions, perspectives, and uh, lenses of life that we've walked through. But when we come together, I can tell you, we stand in a circle before the service and we pray for the service. The people that are serving here on Sunday, I can tell you that what I feel is love. Yeah? That is what we're prioritizing, although our opinions may be different on a lot of different things. Our theologies may be different on a lot of different things. When we come together, we understand that there's a priority to love each other and to put that person before ourselves. Cool. That was my lesson from Thanksgiving. Maybe you're reflecting on a similar lesson from yours. What I want to do is I want to take a moment and just have everyone just think of something that they're thankful for. Maybe it's from this past week. Maybe it's something from today. Maybe it's hard to think of. But I'm going to encourage you to think of that thing and meditate on it for a second. And then once you've got it, I want you to be very intentional to thank God for that thing. Okay? Because that's a gift he's given us. Something for us to be thankful for. And he's always giving that. He gave it to Paul even when he was in prison. And so what we're going to do is we're going to think about that right now for a few seconds. I'm going to be quiet, and, and then we're going to lift that up to God. Thank you, Lord. You are so good. You are so good. Last week, Andrea brought the word, and it was awesome. Yeah? It was awesome. It's been a real blessing, I think, in the last few months hearing from so many different people and the 
different perspectives God's given them, the lenses they have from their life experience and walk, and, and them being able to share that with us as they're studying and reading Scripture. That has been really cool. And last week, when Andrea was sharing, she had a demonstration she did with a cup uh, where she uh, took a cup of clean, clear water and she put some food coloring in it. And <clears throat> the idea was that our, the places that we reside, the places we think, the, the, the stuff we go through in life colors our cup. And sometimes the cup gets real colorful. Uh, and that only through Christ can we dilute, can we clean that cup out so we can see clearly. And that really resonated with me because a few weeks ago, uh, my, my friend Glenn suggested a book by uh, Philip Yancey called Soul Survivor. And I read through the book and it was delightful. But my big takeaway from the book was that our perspectives, the, 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 the place that we, our minds reside, there's an outflowing of that into everything else. So if we are spending a lot of time being embittered, frustrated, agitated, even if the things that we're frustrated and agitated about are good things to be frustrated about, but if that's where we're resting our minds, then our lives will reflect the same. There'll be bitterness, frustration, and that'll all pour out of that. And so today, what I want to talk about is, I believe Paul gives us kind of a formula, a way that we can walk through our day, maybe our hour, but all of our lives to not rest in that space. It doesn't mean that we give up those things. It doesn't mean that there aren't causes that we care about or that we fight for, but how are we fighting, and is our fighting from a position of gentleness? That's an interesting thing to think about. So, as we're talking about this today, you can keep thinking about that thing that you're thankful for, because the lesson that Paul has for us today is that it's good that we think about those things, that when we rest, when we reside someplace in our thoughts, that it's a place of contentment and that that's not limited to circumstances. That's made clear multiple times throughout Scripture. It's not based on our circumstances. That contentment is a contentment that's a gift from God because of the salvation that we have in Christ Jesus. So let's look at the text. Philippians 4, 4 through 9. We'll have this up here on the screen. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness, this can also be translated as gentleness, be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, 
if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. God, I pray that it would be speaking into our hearts today. Lord, that we would be a gentle people, that we would be known for our gentleness. God, that we would be a people that are content and thankful in all circumstances. God, I just pray that you would be working in us today, that you would be molding us today to be more and more like you all the time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, there's a lot of stuff in this text, a whole lot. Uh, many, many sermons, I would say. Um, and I, so, so there's, I had to abbreviate things. I was talking with my wife, Kim, about all these ideas I had, and man, I was all over the place. And as usual, my wonderful wife was like, you need to simplify <laughs> You're going to lose everybody if you start going all over the place. So I, I did my best to simplify. And the way I did that is I looked at the text and I said, what is the outline of what Paul is trying to tell us here? If there's something that he's trying to communicate, uh, you know, I'm a math person. I love if-then statements, right? So is there a, lot, a lineup of if-thans in this? You know, do this, then this, then this, then this, and albeit there is one, so we're going to look at that today. Um, Paul's formula, I think, in this text goes something like this. It starts in, actually in verse 6. Uh, it says, In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And so the if-then formula from here to there starts with prayer and thankfully making our requests known to God. So that's where we begin. If we pray and thankfully make our requests known to God, it says, Then peace greater than our thoughts or understanding will be given to us from God, from the God of peace in verse 7. And that peace will guard our hearts and minds, or maybe our feelings and thoughts would be a good way to think about that. Guard our feelings and thought. When our hearts are guarded, and our, fe our feelings and our thoughts are guarded by God's peace, his shalom, that fills us with joy. When we are filled with joy and peace, Paul says, says that's the groundwork for doing a whole lot of good stuff. Wow. But in this specific text, he says that's the groundwork for being gentle. That's the groundwork for resisting or giving us resilience against anxiety. When we have that groundwork in place, Paul wraps this all up by saying, then you're equipped to go and bless and equip others. I think it's easy to skip steps, right? Sometimes there's an urgency and we feel like, but I got to go bless and equip right now. I got to be salt and light right now. But you're not being salt and light if you're going out and you're bitter and angry 
if you're frustrated about all the stuff going on in our culture, in our society, if you're frustrated with different perspectives on, or different takes on, on how things are going politically, I would say that, uh, that, that it's likely that you are in a place of frustration and you're not in a place of peace. That can be hard to swallow because I think a lot of us can be there. A lot of us can be there. I know I can be there all the time. It's really easy when you're dealing with hard things to look at the hard things and just get angry, get frustrated, then go to bed at night angry and frustrated. Maybe you don't sleep so well. Maybe you sit there thinking about all these things you're angry and frustrated about. You don't sleep. Hours and hours. Why am I not sleeping? Maybe it's because you're angry and frustrated. (laughs) I wonder if that's going to affect you tomorrow when you haven't slept much possible. <laughs> it's possible. So, yeah, so that's our outline. I'm going to run through it real quick. Thankfulness, making our requests known to God. Peace then comes out of that, greater than our thoughts or understanding, greater than our thoughts. That'll guard our hearts and our minds. Then we'll be filled with joy. And with that joy and peace, the groundwork has been laid for us to be Christians that are known by our gentleness and gives us a resilience against anxiety, which then equips us to go and bless and equip others. So at the top of this, we have prayer and thankfulness. And it's funny, this is at the top, it's actually at the bottom, because Paul talks about it in verse 8. He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is anything excellent of excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And so Paul is saying, let's take these good things, let's meditate, let's make our home in these good things so that when we're addressing the bad things, which Paul spent most of his life addressing, I'm not doing it from a bad place. I'm doing it from a good place. I'm doing it from a place of peace and joy. And that's the overflow. That's what people are experiencing when they're hearing Paul. Granted, not all people experience that when they're hearing Paul. Many times they're like, this guy's a goon, send him, put him in jail. But that's where Paul was coming from. And because Paul was coming from there, he could go to jail and still have it. Why? It was a gift from God. So think on good things. And this will equip you to, do, to deal with the hard things. I love when I look at Scripture and I see what God was saying thousands of years ago, and then I see studies in the scientific world within the last hundred years that said, sure enough, that's the way it is. How cool. Studies, multiple studies, many, many studies over the last hundred years have been done about the impacts of being grateful, being content, being thankful on our lives. And the resounding uh, uh, result of these studies was a massive support for the association between gratitude and an individual's well-being. So much so that some studies say that it is more impactful and has longer-lasting impacts, up to 30 to 60 days of positive impacts of being grateful for a single instance. The study had people write a thank you note to someone that they hadn't thanked for something. And 
the impact of them writing that note was still detectable 30 days later. So much so that they said that the impacts of gratitude and thanksgiving were likely more impactful than any other outside factor on a person's well-being. Cool. And God told us this thousands of years ago. He was saying to people, through Paul, he's saying, be grateful, be thankful. No matter your circumstances, be thankful. And it is good for you because God loves us. And through his love and his wisdom and his power, he wants what's good for us. And he put that there to give us guidance, which now science saying thousands of years later, sure enough, that's the way it is. But we've had it for a long time. I just thought that was cool. I apologize for the little tangent. But when we're looking at this and we're looking at people who have gone through a lot of different things and struggled through a lot of different things but maintained a posture of joy, peace, and thanksgiving in it, Paul is an amazing example. In this text specifically, even if we just look at Philippians, he's telling, he, this is where we're coming from in the previous texts. So one through the beginning of four, Paul is saying, before he says rejoice, again, I tell you rejoice, before he says that, he says, one, I'm writing you from prison. He says that in, in chapter 1 through 12, 12 through 13. And then in chapter 1, 20, uh, 128, he talks about the conflict, the opposition that they have from the world. Okay, so there's, there's hardship in Philippi from the outside of, outside of the church. In, uh, in chapter 3, 21, he talks about the lowly body, being that there's, there's always issues. You know, I think many of us have experienced the issues that our body can go under in this life, whether it's cancer or back issues or foot issues or, or uh, head issues, mostly for me, we'll say. Many issues that we can face in our body, many ailments, but this doesn't take away the responsibility to rejoice. And then finally, and this is neat, just in two verses before, right before he starts this text, he addresses conflict in the church. He says this, I plead with Yodia and I plead with Syndiki to be of the same mind in the Lord. And this is in uh, chapter 4, verse 2. So there's, this isn't a peaceful utopia. He's not coming in and saying, hey, you know, Let's all be thankful in a, in, in a place that's, that's really easy. No, actually, a lot of these things that he's brought up in the last three chapters are very similar to the things we deal with today. There is opposition from the outside. We have hurts and aches and ailments. We're praying for Harold this week because he's going to be treated for an ailment. This is a reality. But, in, but still, he goes in and says, be thankful, be thankful. Okay, so the first thing we do is no matter our circumstances, we're praying, thankfully making our requests known, residing our minds in a thankful, grateful, content posture. And from there, God gives us peace. Peace that's greater than our thoughts. And I think it's important that we talk a little bit about peace. And I'm sure many of you know this, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Because a lot of times when we look at Scripture, um, it's easy for us to take our understanding of a word and, and, and place it into the Scripture. 
for us in our culture, peace is really the absence of conflict. That is how we would typically define peace. But the peace in Scripture is talking about something very different. It's talking about uh, shalom, which is a, uh, a well-being that comes from God that goes far beyond our circumstances. I think it's important that we look at, ultimately, the path to peace is not a path made by human hands, but it's a gift only God can give. If we trust our minds, our hopes, our desires, to God's love, wisdom, and power, he gives us peace. I'm going to say that again. If we entrust our minds, hopes, and desires to God's love, wisdom, and power, he gives us peace. I'm not saying this is easy. I think we're all going to wrestle with this every day, but it doesn't make it not true. So let's try it again. Let's, let's say this together. If we entrust, I'm going to read it real quick, and then we're going to say it together. If we entrust our minds, hopes, and desires. And as you're saying this, I want you to be thinking about some of the things maybe that you're wrestling with, some of the things maybe you're bitter about, some of the places where maybe you struggle with anxiety or having, when I say anxiety, I'm not talking about like thinking about specific things that are important a lot. I'm talking about things that are robbing you of something, being your joy and your peace. If you're struggling with things that are robbing you of your joy and peace, that's the type of feeling that we're talking about in this text. So think about those things, and then we're going to just practice entrusting those to God's love, wisdom, and power, because his love wants what's good for us. His wisdom knows what's good for us. And his power can bring what is good to, for us into being. How cool. So let's say this together. Or I'll read it again. Sorry, I get distracted. It happens. If we entrust our minds, hopes, and desires to God's love, wisdom, and power, he gives us peace. Let's say that. If we entrust our minds, hopes, and desires to God's love, wisdom, and power, he gives us peace. Amen. And that peace will guard our hearts and minds. It's interesting. This is kind of cyclical because we're, we're entrusting things to him, and sure enough, those things are then cared for, guarded. Uh, he says, if you, God will uh, give us peace, surpassing all understanding, and will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so, um, this shalom, this peace, then guards our, our, our thoughts and our feelings, securing up our joy, our gentleness, our anxieties for His glory. And when our hearts and minds are guarded, when we are able to rest in that shalom, and we are filled with joy, we are able to do great, great things. I talked about it laying the groundwork for gentleness, freeing us from anxiety, but Paul points out throughout Philippians that uh, there are many, many 
benefits to being a Christian that functions from a place of joy and peace. In uh, Philippians 1.27, he says that it, it, the, these will be a bunch of summaries, but I'll point you to the scriptures. I'm going to have uh, Seth put all the references up. So if you'd love to look at these later, bing, bang, boom, there they are. Um, so when we, are, when we are resting in joy and peace, it leads to unity among believers. That's 1.27. Unity with Christ through faith. That's 125. So when we, are, when we are filled with joy and peace, there is unity with Christ through faith. Out of our overflowing of faith in unity with Christ, there is an outflowing of contentment. So that's the text we're looking at today, 4, 4 through 7. We, when we're filled with joy and peace, we are fearless before our adversaries. That is... Uh, Chapter 1, verse 28. When we're filled with joy and peace, we have freedom to love humbly, to consider and count others more than ourselves. That's chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. And ultimately, when we are filled with joy and peace, it provides conviction to others so that they can be like, I want that joy and peace. It allows us to be in contrast to where others function. And on, t and on top of that, it gives us amazing security in our salvation. And that lays the groundwork for us to be Christians that func function gently. So we can deal with all those hard things that we've talked about from a place of gentleness, not a place of anger. And it doesn't make us less effective I would say it makes us more effective. So, I don't have a lot more. I'm going to invite up the worship team. I have a couple final thoughts on this. Uh, but once this groundwork is laid, we then go and, and equip and bless others. So if, if we are processing this, and this isn't to put up barriers, okay? Because I've thought about, we've talked a lot about blessing and equipping, um, and we want to be a body that's active in that. So I'm not laying up groundwork for you to make excuses not to do things or for me to make excuses not to do things. That's not what I'm saying. This isn't a, well, I have to do, get to a specific place to do stuff. That, that is not what this is about. This is about in order for us to healthily do things, we want to be pursuing that peace and joy in Christ. We want to be going to bed thinking that way. Now, I'm saying that, and I'm encouraging you, but last night I couldn't fall asleep, you know? I didn't have as much time to prepare this message as I would have liked, Thanksgiving and all that. And, uh, and so, you know, it was spinning in my head. There's other things going on up there that probably didn't need to be going on, but I'm just thinking and toiling over this stuff. So I'm not coming at you saying that's not going to happen, but I'm saying Paul gives us a healthy layout of what to do, how to pursue life to help us be in a better state of mind. So as you go home this week, I want you to think about things you're thankful for. I want you to be spending time meditating on the things you're thankful for. If you start thinking about something that makes you hot inside, you know what I'm talking about, not the good hot, the bad hot. You know, <laughs> you're getting a little ragey. What I want to do, you to do is take that as a cue to start thinking about something you're thankful for. 
When you start getting angry at somebody on social media and decide that it's time to verbally punch them in the face, <laughs> start thinking about the things that you're thankful for. You know what might even be better? Start thinking about things you're thankful for from that person. Crazy, crazy. They may be completely ignorant. I'm not gonna question that necessarily, but you might be too. So let's spend time being thankful and focusing, meditating on things that are good. Because we can all spend plenty of time being angry. But what good is it doing? What's the positive fruit that it's putting out there? Or are you just sowing a whole lot of bitterness? Be thankful. Think thankfully. I will do my best to do this with you. I'm not going to do it perfect. And I know you won't either. But let's do it anyway. And maybe next week when we come in, there's something that amazing God has done in our lives because we have been resting there. And maybe you'll want to share that with us. I'd love that. I'd love that. Cool. I think that's mostly it. Let me pray for you, and we're going to sing some beautiful songs to the Lord. <clears throat> God, I thank you for today. I thank you for everyone here. I thank you for, uh, for, I thank you for your word and for simple direction. God, in a complicated world where we like to make things challenging for ourselves and for others, God, I just pray that you would just be encouraging us, that you would be allowing us to, to function in these simple truths, to live in these ways, not for our glory, God, but for yours, and that our minds and bodies, our actions would be transformed this week as we are so thankful for all you've done for us. Bless us today, I pray. Amen.